0: It's daily thunder. The truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado, with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now here's Eric Ludi. You know, it's uh, you know, if someone's on the stream or uh, hearing this via podcast, they don't know the significance of of today. Uh, but for those of us that have spent the last five weeks together, this is. You know, it's, it's sort of tough to come to the end of our, uh, our daily schedule and uh, even call it an end. It's not really an end. Remember yesterday I said it's an ellipsis. Uh, but it has been a very, very precious uh, five weeks and invigorating for my soul. You know, I, I focus on these truths all the time and they never grow uh, burdensome. I never grow weary in them they are so living and they so change me and so i just want to say thank you to all of you that have been participating in this it's just been a rich time so and i really love you guys uh, well i have a great way to finish our muscular christian series uh, you guys are going to like this one it's called laughter doesn't that sound like a great way to finish uh, with laughter? These other ones are so intense and they have a beard on them, but this one, uh, this one, uh, I'm not saying it doesn't have a beard, this is a muscular Christian thing, but it is, it is a wonderful attribute of the work of grace in us that I think many of us uh, overlook, especially when we're in the newborn seasons and the new development seasons of our life, we have a tendency to become very serious. And there's some of you that know exactly what I mean by that. Over these past few weeks, you've grown very serious. You laughed a lot more before you came to (laughs) Ellerslie. And it's not because the staff here at Ellerslie doesn't laugh all the time. It's because of the work of grace in your life has a tendency to uh, be rather intense. Uh, And so there's this balance of knowing how to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, but to not just... To dull that one dimension of us that is intended to smile, is intended to laugh, is intended to shout. There's a part of our life that uh, is never meant to be overruled just because we came to Christ. We are built, these human vessels are built for smiles. You know that the, it's like Leonard Ravenhill, who is not Leonard Ravenhill, uh, Richard Wormbrandt was talking about when you're in prison, you need to smile, and so he's in you know, solitary confinement, being tortured. And he says, you wanna, I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom. When you're in prison, you need to smile. Because when you're in prison, you have very little strength. And so one of the best things you can do, it's one of the wisest things you can do, is smile. Because smiling uses, and I don't remember the exact number. It's like it uses uh, this many muscles, whereas frowning you know, drains all the energy out of your body. It's like a physical phenomenon that smiling is actually easier and better for your health. Just smiling, let alone laughing. Uh, because laugh, laughter works like a medicine. It is literally a balm to your soul. And so when you realize that God built us this way, God built us to laugh. And so when trials from the devil come, we have a tendency to get very serious. But even when refinement and sanctification from the Spirit of God comes... We have a tendency to get serious because we focus. We get into our focus mode of uh, self-reflection, and we lose sight of the big. So let's not lose sight of the big today. So I have a subtitle for our laughter uh, thing, and that's because the one enthroned in heaven, or the one enthroned is doing it. It didn't say in heaven, but technically it could right there. The one enthroned is doing it. God's laughing. Isn't that an amazing thought that God laughs? Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords with us. Now, this is a fairly serious situation. First of all, this is a very, very famous uh, scripture. To all the Jews, they understand it as a messianic prophecy. Okay, it's, to them, it's a huge deal because very clearly it says, against the Lord and against his anointed, The anointed means Messiah in the Hebrew, and in the Greek it would be Christos, the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus, right? So the kings of the earth are setting themselves against them. The rulers are taking counsel. They're surrounding, if you will, God, his glory, and saying, we will take you down. It's just a great picture of the cross, too. Who are you to set yourself above us? And yet... The one who sits in heaven, he that sits in the heavens, shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. And so, you know, when, when all is going south in your life, one of the key statements that you could always hold on to is look to your father's face. Look to your father's face. In any circumstance, look to your father's face. If the one enthroned in heaven is panicking, you should panic. If the one enthroned in heaven is at perfect peace, full of joy, and laughing, you should do that too. Because he is the one who defines your inner atmosphere. If he is down in the dumps, well, then you might want to be down in the dumps. Because he's the one enthroned in heaven. But if the one enthroned in heaven is full of joy, if the one enthroned in heaven is completely confident that he has all things underneath his feet and all things in perfect control, And then you might want to take a hint and a cue from that. Listen to C.T. Studd's uh, comment on this. If God who sits in the heavens can laugh, his children on earth should be loyal enough to do exactly as their father does. This guy knew how to laugh, by the way. C.T. Studd, the manly man Christian, he knew how to laugh. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. We don't want a broken spirit. We want a merry heart. So King Loon from The Horse and His Boy, uh, in C- this is C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, this is a really fascinating quote. For this is what it means to be a king, to be first in every desperate attack and last in every desperate retreat. And when there's hunger in the land, as must be now and then in bad years, to wear finer clothes and to laugh louder over a scantier meal than any man in your land. In other words, if you're going to lead, and you're going to lead well, then you laugh louder. In other words, you, you're setting the pace. It's, it's the simple principle of if you're the president of the United States, I always, I always call it be presidential. And that means when everyone else is panicking, you cannot panic. When everyone else is like running around going, oh, no, then it's your job to wear your sweater vest onto you know, the television set, and they get the cameras on you, and then you give peace. And you say, look, everyone, we have it under control. Everything is going to be fine in this land. And if there's terrorist attacks, then you get on in your sweater vest and you say, just know that we will get those terrorists. No terrorist messes with our country and gets away with it. And then all the people go, oh. In other words, you're the one that sets the pace. Everyone is looking at your countenance. and That's why we look at God's countenance. Because we can't depend on earthly leadership to define our countenance. We need to look at heavenly leadership. However, if you are earthly leadership in a home, you know that you could have bombs going off outside, and if children have a a father who is perfectly calm, you know that they'll calm? Even if they, what is that, Daddy? Oh, it's just some noise. It sure does seem pretty loud. I mean, there could be bombs dropping. Just look at my face, kids. Do I look scared? No. Well, then you shouldn't be either. You see, you set the pace for every leadership environment you're in. So you might as well set it for your own soul, look at heaven, and then smile at your soul and say, you're all right. Be still, my soul. All is at peace and rest because God sits enthroned. So you have to set a pace. You set a pace for your own soul. You set a pace for your marriage. You set a pace for your family. You set a pace for your church, your ministry. You set a pace for your business, whatever it is. Look at the one enthroned in heaven. If he's laughing, you laugh. You laugh louder than anyone else around you. The art of tickling is employed by Eric Ludi. So I don't know if any of you guys have noticed, but uh, I oftentimes will tickle. Now, if any of the girls in here are like, I don't know that I, he's ever tickled me. That's on purpose. <laughs> okay, I reserve my... Uh, tickling, except for Harper. Harper will get some tickles, uh, but and my, my Abby and uh, Lily will get tickles too. But, uh, so I do have some exceptions to the rule. I don't, I don't tickle Leslie as much. That isn't, that isn't the way I, I handle uh, Leslie, but uh, that's, uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a show of affection to all of you out there, all you guys that are privileged enough to get a tickle uh, from me. How many of you have, have been tickled by me? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, almost 100%, I realize that Andy over here has never gotten tickled. I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, but, so, oftentimes I'll just walk by, and I'll, and I'll oftentimes even make a note. Sometimes I'll do it silently, you know, and I'll just go, you know, but I'll make this note. I'll still be thinking the sound, even when I'm doing it, because there's something. My brother and I invented this sound when we were growing up, and that was what we'd always do. We'd go, And uh, so other people will try it, and they'll be like... It's like, no, no, it's... And I don't know if it's a looty skill, you know, to be able to make that noise. I haven't figured that out. But some people just do not make the sound correctly. But here's what I want you to know what it is. I have a whole bunch of joy inside of me. A whole bunch of affection. A whole bunch of love, and it needs to come out. So how does it come out? It comes out via this finger into your side. I am sharing something with you, okay? I'm, sh- I'm sharing something that we can call laughter. And that is, and you'll notice that, you know, some people don't like it. They're like, hey, hey, don't do that. That takes all the fun out of it. When you don't receive the poke, you know, God wants to tickle us too. And we're like, hey, don't do that. And then you, you miss all the fun. God's like, hey, I, we could have laughed together, but you just blew that. <clears throat> so in other words, it's passing along something to you that I want you to have. It's laughter. I saw Brandon. Oh, look, you guys are tickling right now. Hey, focus, focus. Okay, so since I can't poke you all right now, I'm going to just give you some good stuff. About, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I had uh, someone just send me this email with this collection. It's just I, I've found such delight in it over the years. So three-year-old Reese, and this isn't my Reese, this is a different Reese, uh, says, our father who does art in heaven... Harold is his name. Amen. <laughs> you see, now, now what I just did with that is I, I, I shared something with you, right? It's an impartation of something. You see, laughter doesn't have to be crude. It doesn't have to be jocular. It doesn't have to put other people down. There's a delight. There's a heavenly variety, a heavenly rendition of laughter that actually lifts the soul upward. I have a few more. A little boy was overheard praying. Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time like I am. So after the christening of his baby brother in church, Jason sobbed all the way home in the back seat of the car. His father asked him three times what was wrong. Finally, the boy replied, the preacher said he wanted us brought up in a Christian home and I wanted to stay with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. A Sunday school teacher asked her children as they were on the way to church on the way to church service, "And why is it necessary to be quiet in church?" One bright little girl replied, "Because people are sleeping." <laughs> A mother was preparing pancakes for her sons, Kevin, five, and Ryan, three. The boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. Their mother saw the opportunity for a moral lesson. If Jesus were sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. Kevin turned to his younger brother and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these are good. These are good. A father was at the beach with his children when when the four-year-old son ran up to him, grabbed his hand, and led him to the shore where a seagull lay dead in the sand. Daddy, what happened to him? The son asked. He died and went to heaven. The dad dad replied. The boy thought a moment and then said, did God throw him back down? (laughs) wife invited some people to dinner at the table she turned to their six-year-old daughter and said would you like to say the blessing i wouldn't know what to say the girl replied well just say what say what you hear mommy say the wife answered the daughter bowed her head and said lord why on earth did i invite all these people to dinner (laughs) oh that's good that's good Okay, now you have to admit, with all the seriousness, this is what's so interesting about Christianity, is it's dead serious. It's the eternality of souls that hang in the balance. This is so important, so significant, and it is improper to laugh in certain situations. When you're dealing with that which is eternal and that which matters, that which is holy, 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 it's not necessarily, it doesn't make sense to us how you could also laugh. At the same time, there's this balance in life. Just like there's a real grieving, a real, when loss comes, there is a grieving, there are tears of sorrow, but at the same time, God says, rejoice always. How in the world can you grieve? Can you have sorrow and rejoice always? Because the rejoicing is a constant, which is an attitude that undergirds everything else. And it's not always an emotion or a laugh It is that which is like a buoy that holds up the overall life. God is in control. God is in control. God will turn all things that the enemy has meant for evil into good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That undergirds everything that we ever go through in life. And as a result, there's always a buoy. That Though there's deep waters in our life, we can rest on top of those deep waters with joy. And that is the great mystery that we have entered into called the Christian life. That though we will be hampered, we will be tried to the uttermost, we will experience sufferings and tribulations, we're the most joyful people on earth. And we laugh more than anyone else laughs. How could you laugh more when you experience more trials? When, you, when we oftentimes think about it at first, more trials would equal more tears. When in actuality to us as Christians, more trials equal more rejoicing doesn't mean we won't have tears, Oh, we will have them. In fact, we may outcry the world out there as well, and outlaugh them. We're just a very emotional band, aren't we? We're Christians. We're walking through this grand adventure with God. So the serious season, when laughter seemed unspiritual, I give my life to Jesus back in 1989, and... I used to laugh all the time growing up. I remember I was called Smiley. You guys remember that, right? The, my nickname was Smiley. Everywhere I went, I was always smiling. And everyone, you know, people would say, well, the reason Eric's so happy is because he's had it easy in life. And, you know, he has, a, he has, a, he has parents that are not divorced. Every one of my friends seem to have divorced parents. And, you know, he, you know, upper middle class He's well-educated. You know, he's had everything just sort of given to him. You know, it's like, hey, what, how difficult is life? Of course he's smiling. And that sort of bothered me. I don't like statements like that. It's like, I have to still choose to smile, right? I don't like statements like that. And yet, when I came to Christ, I, I went through such a serious season. It's really interesting. So it's like, here I am. I yield my life radically to Jesus Christ and I was so serious. I mean, there's people dying and going to hell, and I'm praying in my dorm room every night. And people are coming over, and I just went into serious mode. And I felt like, just to be honest, that I have to be in serious mode. A Christian, you know, if if this is true, if what is taking place in the in the earth is real, if I believe what the scriptures say, then I need to be sober. I need to be clear-minded. And I cannot just be sitting around cracking jokes. And guess what? All of that is true. It's not just cracking jokes. You see, there was an earthly form of laughter that I used to engage in. Oftentimes, it was putting other people down. It was uh, witty, so it would draw attention to me. Uh, it was oftentimes crude. In other words, you'd take bodily noises and you know lift them up to draw attention to them. There's all sorts of sorts of jocular humor that I engaged in, and it was really funny. I mean, I laughed a lot, and, and yet when I left that, and if I left that behind, what's? I don't have any other humor. There's no other humor. That I don't know how to function in humor over here. Did you know that God has his own variety of humor? However, if you don't exercise it over here, you have no idea, so when you go over here, there's a transition, where all you know is what you used to laugh at, and you don't know exactly how to exercise God's humor. That's normal. So oftentimes you can go into a serious season. I don't even know how to laugh over here. And yet God's laughing. And so when we allow God to cultivate his life within us, this is one of the things he wants to train us in. I honestly believe that I am the happiest guy on earth. And yet, I have a tremendous amount of difficulty in my life. tremendous amount of challenge in my life it is not challenge and difficulty that erases laughter when you have God Almighty he overrides all these things it's like he goes above it like the eagle in the storm there's a storm but that eagle has the strength in its wings to rise above the storm so though there's still a storm you could be in the midst of a storm in your life but you're above the storm as opposed to beneath it so my mom gave me a book for Christmas uh, this is the book. I, I just put the cover. I'm not even trying to propose the book. I don't even know that I read it. I can't remember anything about it. However, uh, Chuck Swindoll's Laugh Again, that's what my mom gave me. She's like, Eric, I just really feel that this would be good for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, but that's exactly what I needed. And I'm not saying the book, but I needed to laugh again. I needed to understand the joy of the Lord. I needed to understand the merry heart I needed to understand that the one enthroned in heaven laughs. So here's our word in the Hebrew. It's a really funny word. And you, know, you guys have heard of an automatopoeia. It's a word that uh, sounds like what it means, like woof. Like woof would be an automatopoeia. Meow would be an automatopoeia. <clears throat> and so to talk is an automatopoeia. Now, uh, this means to laugh, to sport, to play. So in the Hebrew, it would be like ha-ha. In the English, right? So I'm not sure what a uh, Hebrew laugh sounds like, but it's ack, it's hock, it's sock, 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 sock. So that's that's my Hebrew laugh right there. Because the, to me that doesn't sound like a laugh, but I'm guessing if someone from a different language were to look at ha ha, they'd be like, what does an American laugh sound like? Ha 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 ha. And we would all say, no, it doesn't sound like that, but for whatever reason, that makes sense to us. If we say ha-ha, that, that's like, that's laughter. So somehow this sounds like laughter to, to them. Yixak, 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 And Abraham fell upon his face and yixak, and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old, and shall Sarah that is 90-year-old bear, 90-year-old bear, In other words, he laughed, and he was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. So God is giving a promise, and Abraham laughed at it. By the way, that is not the right response. So here we are talking about laughter, but this isn't necessarily the best form of it, okay? Because this is, in a sense, holding God's promise in derision. It's like, God, that's impossible. You can't do that. Ha ha. Genesis 18. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? You know, there's both Abraham and Sarah both laughed. Now, if you know how the story is going to unfold, God has a good sense of humor in this story, okay? Because what we see is Abraham laughs, Sarah laughs, and then God gets the last laugh, okay? And so don't don't miss that. Laughter is actually a theme in this story. Because, well, let me, just in case you don't know, okay? And I'm, I'm guessing you do, but just in case. So Abraham and Sarah are old. You have 100 and 190 years old, okay? Is 100 and then a 90-year-old. And God promises that he is going to have a son and that his descendants will be as the sand of the seashore, as the stars of the heaven. And so he's like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, I, you, you can't do that when you're my age. And Sarah, I mean, there's no way. Right, So this is, this is the laughter right here. Now, Abraham tries in his own strength to get this accomplished because, I mean, there's no way God could pull this off, right? And that's where Ishmael comes from. But there is a son that is born, and his name is Isaac. And that becomes very, very critical, even in what we're talking about right now. So here's the name for Isaac. Yitzhak. He laughs. It's actually the derivative of the otomi it's like naming you ha ha harper could have been instead of harper she could have been ha ha ludi <laughs> in other words that's what it would be like he literally god's literally saying yep there's your laughter for you his name means laughter basically he laughs who laughs god does in other words god is saying now what were you saying over here abraham and sarah That I can't do it? That I can't do the impossible? Watch what I will do. And the end result is laughter. You see, God is giving us, get this, laughter. You know that Isaac is symbolic of Jesus Christ? It's a Christophany. What has God given us? He's given us something that is so utterly impossible that we could never muster in our own strength. He is giving us Yitzhak. He's given us laughter. It's an amazing thought to think that what Christ is for us, is the laughter of God. And he's saying, Haha, I know. I know what you were thinking, but I get the last laugh. He's given us his own laughter. He's poking <laughs> us, saying, did you get that? <laughs> and Abram called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, ha ha! <laughs> okay, that's a weird name, Okay. But that's the name that he picked. It's like, okay, I I think we get the point, God. This is laughter. So Mount Moriah. It's an amazing thought to think that God is going to ask Abraham to take his son, laughter, and to bring it up to Mount Moriah and to lay it down. And as he raises the knife, he says, stop. Stop. You see, he's provided something. He's provided a ram, get this, so that Abraham could keep his laughter. Isn't that a great statement? Okay, in other words, we have been supplied with a ram in the thicket. His name is Jesus Christ. So that we can keep our laughter. I like that. It's a really nice turn of phrase there. In other words, God desires you to learn to laugh. So for those of you that are going through a very sober, serious season, there's nothing wrong with being sober-minded. It's actually very, very significant and very important. There's nothing wrong with being serious about your Christianity. It's essential. But what God desires to do is to layer in this bubble. It's sort of like having water and then adding some seltzer into it, that, that carbonation. It's like you need a little carbonation in your soul, something that bubbles. There needs to be a merry heart in there. And so if that's something that you crave, it's it's a necessity for a muscular Christian. A muscular Christian is going to face greater trials, greater hazards, greater dangers, because they're more bold, they're more audacious. They're going to step into situations that most people would never dream of stepping into. So what do you need? You need to be able to laugh more. You need to be able to thrive in the midst of that. You know, One of the things I talked with our church about was when we are bold... If we already have laughter, if we have the rejoicing in place, then say we go door to door sharing the gospel. We come up to a door and say someone spits on our face and they punch us. Okay? Then what we're able to do is immediately be leaving that situation going, oh, great, I got a good story now. So you get to come back to the church and they're like, the, where would you get the black eye? Well, let me tell you, this is good. You see, we then are able to turn every punch, every bit of spittle into Something to laugh about and cherish. You see, our response, when someone knocks you in, in the nose, it's really odd for them when you say, thank you. <laughs> that doesn't translate to them because they're used to no, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. They're not used to you, them punching you and then you giving joy back. And you see, we as Christians recognize that every black eye and every broken nose Actually equates to greater strength within our soul. You know, sometimes we get a black eye and a broken nose for being stupid, and that's different. Okay, the spirit of God needs to correct that. If we're rude, we come up to that door, you know, bang really hard, and they're like, "Could you go away?" No, uh, that's a whole different reason for why you might get a broken nose. Uh, and so, the point being, when we exhibit Jesus, the love of Jesus, and share in an obedience with what the spirit of God is doing, it puts us at a higher risk rating for exposure to difficulty, exposure to challenge, exposure to trial, exposure to spittle on the cheek. And as a result, we need to be extra ready with love, extra ready with humility, extra ready with joy, extra ready with laughter. That's what we need. We need to be armed and dangerous for this battle. The weapons of our warfare are mighty, but they're not carnal ones. They're not like machine guns and hand grenades. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so when we go into this world boldly for Jesus Christ, we need to be armed and ready. We are the laughing brigade. When anyone takes a peek into our midst, they should hear us laughing. Even though we're praying and they should, they'll also hear us crying over souls. It's funny, we are the paradox. How can this group be crying in, in, in some kind of grief state over the lostness of souls at the same time? They laugh easier than anyone as well. What is that? How do we function? We function in agreement with the kingdom of heaven. When we get to heaven, I guarantee you it's not going to be a somber affair. It is going to be a rejoicing affair. We are going to be in the presence of the Most High God, and though we will fall down and cry out, Holy, 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 we need to also remember that the one enthroned in heaven has a great sense of humor. You know, he's the one that gave senses of humor. Have you ever thought about that? He made you this way. He made you with that ability to notate humor. You know, that, you know I've watched my kids grow up, and it's funny just to see them form in humor uh and you know of course i think that my brand of humor is the perfect brand have you ever noticed that that everyone has a different sort of sense of humor and it's refined so you know my my poor kids are being shaped after my sense of humor we have uh students that will arrive at ellersley and when they first come and they'll hear all of us as staff joking they'll look at each other like is that funny and you know someone over here will laugh like am i supposed to laugh at that And then as we warm you guys up after about five weeks, you start to laugh uh, at our jokes. And so we appreciate that. But But it is funny. We all have a different sense of humor, but we have one. I mean, some of us are a little more serious than others, right? But at the same time, all of us can appraise and appreciate humor. I mean, what is it about humor and the fact that God invented it? I think that is great. So I want to cherish that. Let me me just pray a blessing upon us as we finish uh, this Muscular Christian series with style, with some laughter. But let's, I want to just pray a blessing upon each of you that this layer of spiritual carbonation, this bubbliness would enter into your being and that you would have that buoyancy to face any challenge that you could ever encounter. I don't see why you wouldn't want that so if i were you i would say god i want it i want the fullness i want the fullness of joy even though i want to carry your burdens and i want to weep when you weep i want to laugh when you laugh all right father i pray a blessing upon each person here anyone who's listening in lord i just ask that you would bless with laughter with a merry heart with the joy of the lord Lord, I just pray that you would cultivate that dimension in each of us at a greater degree, that we would have your sense of humor, that we would appraise the humor of heaven. Lord Jesus, may we be marked by your smile, your skip in the step, your whistle. Lord Jesus, we just desire to have you be evidenced in our life. Thank you for this message, and thank you for what you're doing in each of us. It's in the precious name we pray.